And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, hello, friendos, and welcome in to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, the final episode before the big draft weekend. Though I open it up, of course, you might be even more of a sane person where you draft like on Monday, Labor Day or Tuesday or something a couple days before so you can get all those nasty, gross injuries out of the way. But this is essentially our last prep episode before all of the big drafts and we turn our attention to actually week one. And that's what we're going to do today with what I am doling out the perfect team. It is going to be a spot in the draft. It's kind of relative. It's kind of ambiguous. Like I'm in the kind of top and Jake's in the middle Brandon's at the end. What does the perfect team construction look like if all things went your way? And that is what we are going to do today with Jake Seeley and Brandon Funson. You can follow find them on Twitter at all in kid at Brandon Funson myself at, is it the Welsh Jake? What final drafts are you going to tackle this weekend? Any, none, just the home league. That's the only, that's the only thing left. Everything else flex is done. As you guys know, all the CBS ones are done. The, St. Jude, we did yesterday. I don't even. The days are all mashed together already. We haven't even haven't even reached week one. I'm like, I don't know what day is it. Uh, it's, I think yeah. So my home league is the only one, unless there's a surprise one I forgot about. Okay, <laughs> I mean that's good. Now, do you try to block IPs of the people in your league so they can't look at your list or anything like that? Is no, that because they level? just come, they just bring my rankings to the draft anyway. Legitimately print out and bring my rankings to the draft. So really, like three, yeah, three or four of them every single year. So, so far that they we sit in the draft. And like if I've been wait like let's say before we we actually switched the super flex, but when we were one quarterback, so much so that we'll be sitting in the draft and we'll be like, Jake doesn't have a quarterback and Tom Brady's still on the board. Like three years ago, like they would do like crap like that. So that's how, yeah. <laughs> These dirt bags, Brandon. What about you? What's left on the uh, What's left on the table for you? Anything? Yeah, all my live in person drafts. I got three of them. One tonight. Oh. I have a crock pot of chili going as we speak getting ready for that one and then uh one on labor day and one a day after and uh you know talking about jake's rankings i i've been doing this so long i just miss the days when someone could order the preseason update from the fantasy football index magazine and they would show up at the draft and they would pull it out of their back pocket and everybody would be like jealous because they actually got like training camp updates sent to them in the mail in August. <laughs> and that was like, a, that was like a game changer. You know, it's like, Oh, we've got some inside information. It's like things have changed a lot over the years. It has. I've, we had a friend that would always, their go-to thing was to not pay attention to anything that ever happened. And then the day of <laughs> go to the store, pick up two <laughs> magazines, come in and then just get their marker and start going. And you're like, all right, he's ready. But now we've got phone, we've got access and you have access to Jake's ranks, projections, really everything that you could possibly want. You don't have to yeah, be in unlike draft Funston, going against You him. didn't need the Pony Express to deliver my. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. you don't need that for a pick. You can actually just do it on your phone if you sign up at The Athletic today. So go over to The Athletic. One dollar a month. Boom. 
perfect time for draft season. Dollar a month, you yeah. can get those ranks. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's a ridiculous value for Jake's rank. If you think about, not to get Jake all worked up here, but if you think about the amount of work that Jake puts in on a weekly basis, and then it's like, you could have it for a dollar, it's almost offensive. <laughs> Jake. So I apologize to you. <laughs> you know, what's surprising is the most shout outs I get is I can't wait for the waiver column. Apparently that's the big, the, it's, the, it's not even the ranks. I guess no, I, I, don't, I, I think it's just I love doing I it during the, it. I love doing it during the year too, because we get to like, we always get to, well, I guess it's going to be a little bit different this year, but you know, last year, how we were doing it, like I get to not only look at what you were doing in all of your articles, I guess that was your rank article. I loved always seeing the ranks of uh, the ridiculous stuff that you do, the, whatever you pick, <laughs> you know, the, Dumbest Transformer. I think that was my idea this year. Whatever it is, I, yes, that yeah. is actually it's I just like we have list. sliced and diced rankings every which way possible, and we're going to do the final which way possible today. But um, like week one waivers is like games have been played. Where did we miss? What happened? Like there's new there's new blood to talk about, you know, and I think that's just kind of the exciting part of it. Yeah. It kind of gets your juices go back going yeah. again. And, and, and even into the big draft season, I'm doing something a little bit different right now uh, with uh, a friend of ours, a DVR here at the athletic. He's doing the pentathlon I'm doing this year, which is like, it's a, we just did an auction draft. Me and Bogman shared an auction draft last night. We have a best ball. There's, there's bets. There's a survivor. I mean, it's like five different things. It's some crazy big pool money, everything like that. And uh, Bogman and I crushed it last night, Jake. You'd, you'd, I think you'd have been happy of us. We got Cooper I'm Cup. Glad. Got Patrick I, I, I was in that a few years ago with Chris Meany, friend of ours. Uh, and it just it was more of the fact that I like, just kept forgetting. Like, there's so much work totally. on our plates. It's like, like, oh, God, we forgot to do our picks against the spread. Or, oh, we forgot our survival. Like, it's just, it's a lot. It is a lot. And, and that's the other thing everyone has to balance. You know, going into this final weekend is balancing what you can truly manage. For me, I think Brandon's even kind of alluding to it. We as people that just talk about ranks and ranks and ranks and players and players over and over and over, your brain just kind of fries sometimes. So I look for other levels to have fun with fantasy, not just my standard. That's why Jake's Flex Leagues are so great. Thank you. Bogman and I, we do these guillotine leagues. I love guillotine leagues. They're so much fun. We do these multiple guillotine leagues. That's a new element of it. This pentathlon is that. I'm always looking for new fun ways to uh, experience fantasy football because, yeah, we kind of talk about it at nauseum. And this is the final way today that we're going to be talking about it in creating what really kind of circles around like our favorite players. But it's like, what is the perfect roster construction we could have at said range of a draft? So that's what we've got on docket for you today. So like I said, I am going to be at the top. Jake's in the middle. Brandon's at the end. It kind of falls apart a little bit as the draft goes because things open up. Really, this is all about not doing ridiculous stuff, being like, well, the perfect draft would be, I got Christian McCaffrey and then I got, you know, uh, Austin Eckler in the the second. Yeah. (laughs) Then I got Patrick Mahomes and then I got Cooper cup in the fourth and like that type of stuff that within reality. So let's start with the first round gentlemen in the first round. I have got the top and I kind of pseudo picked two for myself here. I know you guys are a little bit more ambiguous about it. I just kind of went with two in my brain trying to follow relative values that are out in the market. And the perfect scenario for me is getting Christian McCaffrey at two. I'm a running back heavier-ish guy, and I have done multiple drafts now where I have two and I never get him. He goes one, and then I get Justin Jefferson, which is a happy spot still. But I love the idea of starting off my draft with Christian McCaffrey with a running back because I like the flexibility if one of those elite wide receivers does end up falling back, if I can get a top 12 to 14 wide receiver, then I can come back at running back uh, in the third round. 
because I do kind of want to go running back wide receiver in the first two rounds, even a little bit more against my nature in wanting to go heavy running back. Christian McCaffrey covers all of those. I think he is the number one RB. I think there's a lot of agreement here on that. He's a monster. So in the top, you know, two to three picks, Christian McCaffrey is the perfect scenario for me in my roster construction. Jake, you're in the middle. So how does the middle work perfectly for you? Perfectly. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I, I actually had the fourth pick in that under the CBS St. Jude. I hated it It's because it's I missed the big three. Yeah. And then this is the person I would love to get in the middle. I don't want to take him at four just because of the uncertainty about the hamstring. If he's going to be 100% for week one. But I would love to get Cooper Cup around seven to eight. Like, so once somebody took Eckler, once somebody took Kelsey, and then, of course, now we're talking about the next wide receivers or the group of running backs, including Saquon Barkley and the rest. And I, you know how much I love Saquon Barkley. But if I'm picking like seven, eight, even nine sometimes, I've seen it. Like, if Cooper Cup makes it that far, like, that's a lock. I don't even have to think twice about that pick because if it wasn't for the hamstring injury, the preseason, you guys know this. We talked about it weeks ago. I had him as the number one wide receiver because before he got hurt, over two points per game more than Justin Jefferson. Still think he's the number one. It's just now we already knew he was coming off injury. Stafford's injury, and now he's got the hamstring issue potentially leading to week one. So if I could get him at 8-9, I'd love it because now I like, that bakes in that risk I'm worried about. I have a lot of shares. Uh, he's who I got, I think, at 9 or 10 in the flex league. He fell all the way down to me, and I was ecstatic about it. Maybe it was 8 I had. I was ecstatic. And then in the pentathlon uh, auction, Bogman and I went, Patrick, it's a it's a super flex with two tight ends as well. We went Mahomes, who was a deal, and we got the first wide receiver off the board, which was Cooper Cup, ended up being a deal as auctions are, of course. We got him for like 36 bucks in an auction. And then you obviously saw Chase and Jefferson going for the 40s and everything like that. So we got quite a deal on trying to be aggressive and he was just absolutely too good of a deal. So I have a lot of shares on him. Brandon, you're kind of representing the back end of the first round. So what is the perfect pick for you in the back end? Yeah, I mean, turnish, I guess. I'm like kind of, you call me 11, 12 or whatever. But if I'm getting Nick Chubb at the back end of the first round, I'm loving life because look, you might, there might be a Tony Pollard or a Josh Jacobs or a Derrick Henry still there. But Nick Chubb's my number two running back. It's Jake's number four you can realistically get this guy at the back end of the first round, sometimes even into the second round. But if I, if he's there and if I'm sitting at the end, I want Nick Chubb because, you know, as Jake's talked about it so many times, I mean, it's just he could be, you know, they, they added Pierre Strong, but this could be the year that Nick Chubb sets a career high in receptions, and he's just about as, as set it and forget it as it gets as a rusher. And so – like, I think the floor and the ceiling, you just love the combination. And here's the deal. If I take Nick Chubb there, I kind of feel ambiguous about, like, Devontae Adams or C.D. Lamb or Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, I feel like I don't need to reach for one of those guys there because one of them will be there if, it's, if, if I'm picking 11. One of them is probably going to be there on the quick comeback or whatever. I'd rather just take any one of those guys but make sure I get Nick Chubb at that spot. Not to keep making it about it, but just because I'm in it, we're in our portion of the pentathlon of the best ball, and Nick Chubb was the third overall pick in this, and I think it's like a half PPR. Wow. He went above Christian McCaffrey in that draft, so he was the number one running back taken, and we were all like, whoa, okay. I've got him at four, so I'm in complete agreement. you got to love Nick Chubb. All right, so now we're going into the second round here. Uh, Brandon, you get to kind of start it off because you would technically have the highest pick in the second round, so... 
pairing with Nick Chubb, you kind of just talked about them, but what's your perfect pairing um, as you put this draft together? See, I wasn't doing it this way. We already have a problem here because I was just going, I didn't assume we were just working a snake here because I just was assuming <laughs> I was the back end of every round. That's so what I was I, thinking too. Well, you're uh-huh. actually, Jake, you're always kind of the same. You're always in the I know, same I'm spot. Close, so I know, I'm thinking thing. the same for Funston. I'm just, I'm, I'm defending Funston on this one. I will say how I wrote it, it does put it like that. So that is my fault. I did write it where like so I'm what, at the top. What of do you want me to round. do? I can, I can pivot on the fly or I can just say about if I'm at the end of each round, this is what I'd be looking for. <laughs> pivot on the fly. Um, I say pivot. Yeah, pivot. You're a pivoter. Okay. Pivot, yeah. pivot. Then let's go with CD Lamb. Um, like I said, if it's Devonta Adams or um, Amon Ross A. Brown, I'm fine. But C.D. Lamb's 24 years old. He's been better every season. He was the number three wide receiver over the second half of last season. It's like he's 24 years old. He's got like four to five years of potentially getting better and better and better. This is like the doorstep of his prime. He could legitimately be the number one wide receiver this year in my mind. I'm not so much worried about Mike McCarthy and his play calling, blah, blah, blah. Devontae Adams lived in the Mike McCarthy world. It was fine. You know, like he's the guy there. Um, and I would love to get him. Like if I'm the Nick Chubb guy pairing CD Lamb with him, be ecstatic. I think I'm on St. Brown and, and Adams as well, too. Is there any worry of like how, I mean, there's nobody that's on a bigger falling rock here of value than Dak Prescott like Dak falls in every single draft I see he's going like outside of quarterback 12 do you think there's any correlation I mean I'm not saying you are because you might be fine with Dak but like do you think there's a correlation if Dak is going to be as bad as everybody is presenting him to be in fantasy and oh Trey Trey Lance is going to be the guy okay is there going to have any like effect on CeeDee Lamb or is he just quarterback proof I mean, I think this has just been a narrative that we've really kind of grabbed hold of in fantasy. Dak Prescott, and I will admit, I watched a lot of Dak Prescott last year where he did not look good. But he was the number eight fantasy quarterback. I mean, as bad as you want to say he is, he's had good seasons. And even the one that we thought thought was a clunker last year was still a top ten fantasy season. So I, I'm not it was going to be Cooper Rush or Trey Lance. Like, they're not – they're in a better place with Dak Prescott as a quarterback than anybody else on their roster. And he's not a – He's not a bad quarterback. He's just probably not the, you know, the top level franchise quarterback that we thought he was trending to be. Which, whatever. That's, you know, Jake can love Amon Ross St. Brown. I can love him. They have Jared Goff. Like, like you know, he's he's run the, run the roller coaster of of what people have thought of him. You know, he's kind of coming back around. But I think Ceedee Lamb's gonna be fine with Dak Prescott. Yeah, I just wonder if that ends up being like the difference between like. Lamb going over Diggs in a great offense or Lamb going over A.J. Brown. But to your point, I mean, I, I also kind of think the Dak Prescott stuff might be a little premature and how people are assuming like he's not going to be the quarterback in like week eight already. And you right. got to see him get out there. So, uh, Jake, perfect, uh, perfect draft, perfect team, middle round. You are unaffected by uh, this game. So what do we got? <laughs> I am unaffected by it. I'm unaffected yeah. by the thought process of like, it's over for Derrick Henry. Uh, if you're going to give him to me in the middle of the second round, half full point PPR, the numbers are still there. We talk about it all the time. The, I understand nobody wants to be left holding the bag and sitting there with, wow, I took Derrick Henry and this was the year. He finally stopped. He finally stunk. Uh, but there's been no signs of it outside of the injury, which, you know, that's going to happen. And I understand the injury because we talk about how big he is. He's a bigger target for defenses. But he's also a freak of nature. We're talking about this dude who continues to just demolish everybody he plays against. And here's the tip. 
If you draft Derrick Henry in the middle of the second round, first of all, amazing value, top three, four and a half, and full point PPR, not just non, in points per game, by the way. Uh, he's still top three and top four. Uh, but what it is is when you get him and enjoy getting him in the second round, don't watch the first half of the Titans games because that's when you're going to be panicking every single week. You're going to be like, oh my God, he's got 10 carries for 28 yards and just look at the box score afterwards or check in on the fourth quarter when all of a sudden it's 20 for 130 and two touchdowns. So just don't watch the first half of the Titans games. That'll just make you miserable. Is there anything to this little uptick in uh, Tajay Spears? Everyone's like, hey, Spears is coming. Spears is underrated. Uh, you mean like get the him at the 18 draft. times they've done this before? Well, Evans, be this what's his game? name? It's going to be the... Evans. What was Evans' first yeah. name? Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans. Yes, I was all excited. About and that. the 18 guys behind, in front of him, like every single year, it's this guy, this guy, this guy. Of course, if, you know, Tajay Spears probably has a little bit more all-around ability than anybody who's been behind him yet. If Henry gets hurt, like he's not going to be taken away from Derrick Henry. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay, I was just curious. So there's a big uptick of like, if there's a guy to take at the back half of your draft, it has to be uh, Tajay Spears. But I agree with you on the Derrick Henry stuff. No, like there's it's, plenty it's, of like the Hail Mary plays, and Tajay Spears is a nice one. But yeah, but Derrick Henry is the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's only if Derrick Henry gets hurt. That's not like Derrick Henry's only all of a sudden only getting 12 touches a week. Uh, the perfect player in mine. Uh, the more I look at this, I should have read. I should have done this like a snake. It does look confusing because <laughs> I would have, if I was at the top of the draft, I would put uh, Garrett Wilson at the very tippy top of a second round because I am all Mr. Garrett Wilson. But at the back half here in a version of a snake, as I mentioned, if I were to get a guy like Christian McCaffrey, knowing that you can come back around and re-jump back into the RB market, the perfect scenario, as I said, was getting one of those top like 12-ish wide receivers to fall and not in the hopes is um, Waddle. So Waddle is the guy that Jalen Waddle is my hope and my perfect scenario for him to fall back as some running backs are being pushed up the board here, that that's one of those few guys you tend to see like Waddle Smith and Higgins as the number twos that get pushed back, but he is a true number one here. So I think in a scenario where you can get a guy 90 plus receptions in one of the better offenses, I'm also a big two, a guy to be able to get him here, the back half of the second round it is like the perfect scenario to build around Christian McCaffrey, which then turns into the third round. This is one of my favorite guys, ECR consensus ranks. Actually, I, I don't even know, Jake, where you are in him. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but in a perfect scenario to pair with these guys, I get Aaron Jones. I get Aaron Jones in the third round because I think he is going to be a huge life force of the Packers. Yes, AJ Dillon will probably still get goal line, but he's going to be early downs. He's going to catch all the balls he possibly can. 
And I wouldn't be shocked if he is right there behind Christian Watson as far as receiving goes. I am all about Aaron Jones. So going Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Waddell, Aaron Jones, that is my perfect one, two, three, top of the third round punch. Where I mean, are you at on Aaron Jones? Who are you coming for in that one, Funston or me? Because I yeah. know you said me. No, I was coming like, for you, but then Funston jumped yeah. in. I was going for yeah, you. That's yeah, that's why I was. I was. I was just make sure. Like I, I'm actually terrified of Aaron Jones this year, I, mostly because I just don't know what the Packers plan to do without Aaron Rodgers. And so far in this preseason, and honestly, feels a little bit more like this is going to be even more 50-50 than we used to know. Like even more worrisome. I still have Aaron Jones as an RB two, and I still have AJ Dillon as an RB three. Actually, even a little bit further down than that, but. If I think he's one of the more riskier RB2s out there, just because you're right. Like we've seen Aaron Jones. He's been the second leading pass catcher on this team. But is that now Dobbs? Is Jaden Reed going to make an impact that we've seen so far? Like Luke Musgrave, those two rookies. Is this Jordan Love doesn't even throw to the running backs as much. And now if you're talking about a 60-40 split and Aaron Jones only has 40 receptions over the year, like it's just there's a lot of ifs here. I think there's a world and a path where Aaron Jones continues to be one of the most productive on a per touch basis. I've said that for years. I just have for years also not had Aaron Jones because of, there's just so much risk with him, but at least he's a little bit more of a discount this year. Yeah. And I guess it's like, I there's, I think there's just so much inherent risk that we've talked about in those like middle tier rounds of the Ken Walkers and the Travis Etienne's and like Brees Hall has fallen down and Jonathan Taylor gets pushed into there where I think there's a element of a floor with Aaron Jones last year. He was uh, RB8 in, what is this, half PPR weeks 1 through 10, and he was RB16 weeks um, 11 through 18. So that's a little bit less than ideal, but when you're getting him at like RB14 or 15, the floor kind of played itself out last year where the ceiling is being inside like a top eight, and now you have an offense that's going to be more reliant on him. Uh, Brandon, what were you going to say on the Aaron Jones front? Uh, I wasn't going to say anything about Aaron Jones. I love Aaron Jones, and I, I absolutely agree. But um, one thing I was going to say before I had to pivot, and I thought I was the back end of the second round or even the beginning, if you know, if you wanted. Where are you at on the big three quarterbacks? Because I was in a draft last night where I took Christian McCaffrey with the number two pick, and it came back to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes here, get another good wide receiver coming around in the in the third round. But – there was such a, you know, if you look at last year's numbers, there was a, it was almost a Travis Kelsey like break between the big three and then the rest of the group. So you get a decided advantage at quarterback. I, it's the only place I would consider going in. It's either, it's the only place where I ever have an opportunity to get one of those guys. And I've been cool taking it because you get a double tap and get, you know, another, you know, if you went running back and then quarterback with Mahomes, you still get a wide receiver that you're going to like in, in the third round. For me, I want the cheaper of the group. And I like actually your position here, the back end of the third round. If one of Hertz, Allen, or Mahomes is there, that's where I want to do it because then I come back quick onto the fourth round. Well, I, I think, think it's a gift because what I notice is if I did take him in the late second or even the early third, Allen and Hertz go about within a half a round. Like yeah, very do. rarely they do anybody let those guys spread out you know, distance wise from where the first one went. But in a perfect scenario, I think you might be able to justify when your pick is up here in the third, uh, Jalen Hurts could be that guy or whichever the quarterbacks fall. But Jake, you're in the middle here now. So the, your perfect draft so far has consisted of Cup and Henry. You're in the middle of the third. What perfect scenario plays out for you? 
Perfect scenario means I now have a second running back because Ramondre Stevenson is still sitting there. I'm willing to take Stevenson at the end of the second round, let alone in the middle of the third, because uh, he was already there. This is before Zeke was signed, and he was already in the third round. And he's still there, possibly even a little bit lower. So I'm willing to make sure that he doesn't get taken before I get the pick in the fourth, because I understand the Zeke concerns. But we talked about it at the time on this podcast when the signing happened. Sure, maybe he loses two or three rushing touchdowns, but there's top tier of where these running backs are, the Stevensons of the world. Uh, I actually knocked ETN out of this group, but I'm trying to think like Joe Mixon. Uh, the big thing was there was such a drop off that even taking away three touchdowns didn't knock him out of this tier. It just pushed him down the tier. He still finished as a top 10 running back, losing all those touches and touchdowns to Damian Harris last year. So I'm not that concerned about Zeke. And if Zeke at this point ever got hurt, I mean, we'd be talking about five or six potentially overall at running back. So I'm a, I love getting Stevenson in the third round. If Even if I start wide receiver, wide receiver, I've been getting uh, Stevenson in the third round. I was about to say, like, in like the June, July, like if people are paying attention to drafts and stuff, so Stevenson was like a, a first full, rounder. A full point PPR that I just did. I went, I started Eckler, the fourth, the one I was talking about, the St. Jude one. Started Eckler, and then I forget the wide, I forget the wide receiver I wanted on the comeback. I was going to, I was hoping St. Brown would make it to me, but he didn't. And then I took Stevenson in the third round. I'm like, between Eckler and Stevenson, I just got myself an extra wide receiver just on their receptions alone. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and the, that's the reminder again is like Stevenson before any of the Elliott or uh, entertaining any of the running back stuff. He was like a, you know, first couple picks in the second round. In some situations, people were bumping him up into the first. I mean, this well, is a you're getting. Do you remember what I said on that now. podcast? Do you remember what, like, so if you take away all of his rushing touchdowns, which by the way, he wasn't even the starter for the entire year. He was splitting with Damian Harris. But if you took away all of his rushing touchdowns last year, just rushing yards and then the receiving game, he's still RB 18. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, again, that's building a floor that you're building a, a floor to a back that in the third round, it's a really, really good value. So Brandon, we're now going to you. This is your third round is your perfect scenario. That quarterback that you played out or something else. Yeah, let's just say that the perfect scenario would be the third quarterback that might be left there. Um, I will say, in the in the event that all three of those quarterbacks get emptied out before it gets to you at the back end of the third round, I would throw out Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is someone I have ranked 31 overall in half PPR. So back end of a 12-team draft would be 36. I mean, we're talking about the number eight wide receiver last year with Jacoby Brissett and a extremely rusty uh, Deshaun Watson for a few weeks, but Guy's 29. Uh, he is so much the clear alpha in Cleveland. So I'm just I'm cornering the market on Cleveland Browns here through the first three rounds. So is that going to be your fourth? Is that your wheels you switching want, over to the fourth? You can do are that. We, are we putting this up somewhere for posterity, or do we perfect, have like perfect? <laughs> I'm, I'm writing it all down. I'm writing it all down. I'll put it up. What, what, um, maybe tweet it or something like that. These are perfect drafts. What's perfect to you, okay, my friend? Okay. You know what? Let's just let's just call it the number three quarterback. Who's your guys' number three quarterback? I have mine is Josh Allen. Hurts. I have Josh Allen third. Okay, so you get Josh Josh Allen. Allen. All right, so Josh Allen is your quarterback, and then you get um, you get um, oh, I can get Amari Cooper as a like my fourth round early pick. Look at this is perfect. See, this is is what it's all about. Is this exciting? (laughs) This is so exciting. I love it. Okay, all right, you you laid it out then. Okay, so Josh Allen, amazing Amari Cooper double tap. I'm loving life. Yeah, see, this is what we're we're trying to walk out of this happy. We are as happy as we can be. Oh, hell, uh, with I'm these changing my fourth drafts. rounder then. All right, let's go with it. Yeah, well, now you're going to get crazy. All right, so we are. No, in no, the no. Middle he's still of- a fourth rounder. It's just barely. I was just 
Okay. Let's go. Oh, I'd love this one. All right. So, Jake, uh, you're in the middle. Your perfect scenario for your fourth round pick. Yeah. I was trying to be a little bit conservative. Be like, he's guaranteed to be there. But, like, yeah, like, let's say he falls a little bit because he's at the cusp. He's at, right at the three, four turn. So he makes it to the middle of the fourth round. I started with two running backs to get my number two, Calvin Ridley. And I'm glad I can bring him up because initially I wasn't this high on Calvin Ridley. We go back to our August, the start of August podcast. Like, my big concern was like, yeah, you bring him in. He hasn't played in two years. It was kind of up and down with that last season with Matt Ryan before he got hurt and you have Christian Kirk who just paid off his contract but then you watch this preseason and the Jaguars are like oh that was fun with Christian Kirk but you know what we're going to do we're going to get the dude we paid a ton of money and we're going to get the one that we barely gave anything to and we're going to alternate them as the number two Zay Jones and Christian Kirk have been alternating on the field I think their snap counts are going to be pretty similar I would still give the edge to Kirk and I think their uh, target share is going to be pretty similar, still edge to Kirk, but it's going to be a lot more mixing of those two, which what has been the clear option is that Calvin Ridley, I said this on another podcast I just did this morning, it was the local Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. I said Calvin Ridley brings what Zay Jones and Calvin Christian Kirk does in one player. He combines their skills into one player, and he's clearly the one. So if you're going to give me 24, 25, 26 target share with Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley in the fourth round, I will smash that all day long. Yeah, I think this is a really, really good one, too. Because like you said, like in three wide receiver sets, we know Kirk will go in the slot and he'll be good there. And depending where they're going with it, they might switch between with Zay and Kirk. But Calvin Ridley's not coming off the field. And he's looked explosive. He's buzzy. Yeah, what's, and, what you're going to see is like two wide receiver sets of when they're planning to have the play, play extended a little bit further, Zay Jones will be on the field. Two wide receivers, if they want to get it out quicker, some slants get open faster, it's going to be Christian Kirk. And then three wide means they're all out there. But the fact that they're alternating them is good for them. And good for their plans, but I mean, it's bad for fantasy for those two. Yeah, but it's great for Ridley. So this is a perfect scenario. I like this build. So my scenario comes in here of uh, double tapping wide receivers between my my end of the fourth and my top of the fifth. And two of my favorites, you know, maybe I, I don't even know if I'm playing it conservative. Like, I think it's possible. One of these might not be as possible because you want to talk about buzz. Ridley is near the top. So a lot has to happen for this to happen for Jake. Mine at the back end of the fourth, maybe I've got a little bit too much trust in Green Bay, but I love Christian Watson. I love Christian Watson being the number one. I like I it. Love, I love him being able to stretch the field. I was just loving more in round five. <laughs> I, okay, but I'm pair, and I, I would have been uh, willing to put him there, but in how I'm building this construction, I don't think any of the quarterbacks are really going to be there for me that I want to draft because I want one of the big, big guys to fall. Maybe I could have put Burrow here, but I'm adding in Drake London at the top of the fifth round. So I'm getting my number two and my number three. I'm pairing together. Again, these are both buzzy guys. These are number ones on their team. London, there. I think there are a, a little bit more worries as far as like where Bijan can be in this offense, where Kyle Pitts goes, and really just Desmond Ritter. I know uh, Jake is a Desmond Ritter believer to, to degrees here. So getting both of these... Yes, maybe Watson would be a little better in the fifth, but I could have entered, I could have changed it. Drake London can be in the fourth. I think these are the guys. This would have been Terry McLaurin. But the injury stuff kind of like ugh, got me a little bit worried. So these are big targets of mine. So these picks in a perfect scenario work together, whether you swap them or not. Watson in the fourth, London in the fifth. That's Watson and London as my number two and number three wide receiver. And that is a perfect scenario that I've now paired with Waddle as my other, and then my running backs are Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones. I am loving life. So Jake, we come back to you in the fifth round. How are you going to make this all so pretty? 
I'm going to make it pretty by, I would love to get a tier one or tier two quarterback. Uh, what the problem is, is as Faustin brought up that the Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, you know, generally like would be loving it, but it's kind of, you have to do it in the third. And I just don't, I would rather the fourth, which I'm not going to be that crazy and be like, oh, I'm getting one of them in the fourth. So instead I'll say I get Lamar Jackson in the fifth because Lamar Jackson, this is, it goes back to Cooper Cup. And now I have now constructed a very risky team health wise, but between Cooper Cup and Lamar Jackson, what do they both have in common? Upside to be the number one. If Lamar Jackson plays the full season, if they start to pass a little bit more over under Todd Monken with the addition of Zay Flowers, who knows how to get open quickly, Odell Beckham has anything left in the tank, and then Rashad Bateman can get on the field at all. But I don't even like Rashad Bateman at this point is just sprinkles on top of Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, and Odell Beckham. So yeah, Lamar Jackson is he gonna run less. Look, we've played this game with Cam Newton back in the day. Like they're not gonna stop running. Josh Allen was supposed to run less last year. They're not gonna stop running. So you give me eight, nine hundred yards. If that's a decrease, by the way, for Lamar Jackson, but he throws a little bit more, maybe throws 25, 30 touchdowns, has kind of a Jalen Hurts type season. Oh, what did Jalen Hurts just do? He's the number one quarterback. So if I can get that number one upside in the fifth round, I'm going to do it. I'll, I will take Lamar Jackson in the fifth would, round. If Fields was there, would you enter, Would you just like pop him into that spot, or is he a tier difference from Lamar for you? He's in the same tier, but ideally like I want Fields in the next round. Okay, like, yes, yeah, you know, like, that's what I was like, curious about. Like, like, like Lamar Jackson would be like, can I get him the sixth? That's that's asking too much. Like, I, I So if I don't get Lamar in the fifth, I'd be okay with Fields in the sixth. But Fields usually goes in the fifth, like, right around. Actually, a lot of people I've seen take Fields in front of Lamar Jackson. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. That's crazy. I mean, I shouldn't say it's crazy. It's, it's general. You know, it's the injury. Everybody's just scared that Lamar Jackson is going to continually get hurt every single year. Yeah, and general values and stuff. You can, those guys are tiered in a, in a similar spot. I get it. All, All right, right, Brandon, so you own the back end of the fifth on your perfect team. Okay, I'm going to switch Whom up a little bit with? because I was my sixth back end uh, is not a guy I would take as high as the early sixth, though. I'm going to move 
I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to throw DeAndre Hopkins out here as a a perfect back end of the fifth round. It's a little bit like wishful thinking. I think he's 55 on fantasy pros and in a 12 team league, I need to be a little bit later than that, but um, I've seen it happen. So it, it yeah. can happen. And look, you're just playing the upside. You're playing Deandre Hopkins, having a, one more Deandre Hopkins year in the tank. If, if he does, he's one of the, you know, simply one of the best receivers in the league uh, playing off the play action. Derek Henry, I think can be very effective you know, it's not his best environment, but I, you know, I think there's saying that, you know, the passing game with Kyler Murray isn't always on schedule either. And so like, and is in Kyler Murray, one of the best passers in the league all around. No. So I don't know if it's a huge downgrade. And when he was in Arizona, he was just killing it. So I would love Deandre Hopkins to take the chance on him uh, here at the end of the fifth and then going into the sixth, Rashad White, it's happening. And I saw Jake made a major move on Rashad White. He has him at like number oh. 30 overall now. But, and I have him at number 40 overall. But if you look at his ADP, you can get him in the sixth round sometimes still. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think we've all just been kind of sort of holding our breath all summer long that they're going to stay the course with Rashad White as their three down guy. And no interference has showed up. And we're at the point now where the season's upon us. It's, it's game on for Rashad White. So we all liked him. We were all kind of like tentatively like saying, oh, man, this is a three-down guy. But is he? Will he? Are they going to do it? And it looks like they are. And you look at Volumes King, and so you got to be all in on him now. Yeah, I had put him. I had a couple scenarios. There's actually two guys that I was like doing different scenarios with because like Rashad White is one of my favorites. And uh, I just couldn't quite make it work when you're building the the perfect because so many awesome things were working out for me that I just couldn't find room to get Rashad White in, and he just wasn't going to fall too much further. So I love that pick. Obviously, I'm in on it. Jake, um, any other insight on that huge move on Rashad White on the ranks? Mm, no. Like, <laughs> I, like <laughs> I was actually, when you say, like, move up 30, I was actually wondering, where, where were you referencing there, Fonson? <laughs> I'm looking at your ranks online. You have uh, number 30 overall on the uh, on over. The, oh, overall. I was like, yeah, I was yeah, say, yeah, he's yeah. been inside my top 30 running backs forever. Like, no, just, I know, but like, I, okay, no, I get what you're like, saying. You know, lower mid 20s. And, you know, I was, yeah, I was looking at him the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, you made a well, big because, move on. Yeah. And I assumed it was yeah, for I, that I, reason. I, yeah. I moved him up to tier three with Joe Mixon and Jonathan Taylor and Jameer Gibbs, and he's 15th at running back overall. And the fact of, like, I just put it down, I was like, what would I do in my drafts? Miles Sanders, banged up. but I mean, we think he's fine for week one, but he's banged up. Like, are the Carolina Panthers going to change what we saw with the Eagles? Like, the Eagles got tired of using Miles Sanders in the passing game. They're like, no, dude, we just stop. You stink. What the hell's going on? And which just doesn't make any sense, because we know Miles Sanders can do it. It just hasn't made sense. But then we brought up Aaron Jones, and I was like, you know what? If I'm if I'm drafting, Travis Etienne has the Bigsby worry. Cam Akers, we're going down the road of, okay, now we're in a similar conversation of, are they going to be bell cows? Who's better in the passing game? Rashad White. So I'm just looking at him like, I would take White over Sanders. I would take White over Etienne. I would take White over Connor and Kamara and I'm going down the list. And I'm like, well, then if I'm going to do what I'm going to do in drafts, I'm going to take him at 15th running back. But I love what you said. Let's point something out because I think this gets missed. This is the Cam Akers from last year. I would take Cam Akers in the fifth. I would take Rashad White in the fifth or sixth. Just because I'm at 15 doesn't mean you take Rashad White in the third round. You don't have to do that. Understand where they'll go in drafts. 
Yeah, that Absolutely. that's actually it's it's like one of the most like hidden fantasy things that I don't think people try to implement as much as possible. Sometimes you take risks and you don't want to get too cute with it because it's like a player you love and you're like, "Ooh, could I get him later?" But when you've got that's why tier ranking is very beneficial in understanding tiers of players. Well, Bogdan, I was I just, just curious to that point um like if you have ETN behind him now, but you would have to take ETN in the third round if you wanted him. Yes. So right. would you do it reverse order where you would maybe take ETN in the third round, but then try to get white in like the fifth? No, well, I would take white in the fifth, but I would pass on ETN in the Go third round. Like like, a wide receiver, and that's, yeah. and that's what it comes down to. And that's, again, that's why I think everybody out there, we're like, oh, you know, we're, what about ADP? That, use ADP to kind of judge, but ADP is not perfect, but kind of judge where these guys are probably going to go. So you can say, oh, Jake, which I'm about to get to another one, but Jake, you're super high on Rashad White, but understand that, like, okay, I'm looking at ADP. He normally goes in the seventh. Well, then you say, well, if the sixth, there might be other people on the same page, like Fonson's talking about here. So then you say, all right, I'm willing to go to the fifth, but cut the line there. Like, don't say, Jake has him at the 15th. I'm going down the list. Let me cross off his name. He's there in the third. I'm taking him with the, you know, 27th pick. Yeah, very important distinction. I'm, I'm completely with you on that one. Um, all right, so Jake, you are in the middle of the six as you're constructing the perfect team. Yes, which means you're not gonna. If you're in my same draft, you're not getting your eighth round pick. I'm gonna spoil that for everybody right now because oh, I do. This have, is, yeah, I, this, I, 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 this I, is where, you know what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, oh, I had this guy in here, but I changed it. No, I didn't because I had him two rounds later because you are stealing <laughs> yeah. him. Because I'm, I'm popping the bottle on John yep. Dotson in the sixth because I actually wanted to talk about him for a couple reasons. Like we've talked about John Dotson a lot. But we're not the only ones at this point. Jahan Dotson's bandwagon has so many people hanging off it now. We like need a 15th trailer put on the back. And I say that to say this. The sixth is where I'm drawing the line. I have been the champion of Dotson. There are other people with me. Like, like I'm not saying like I'm the only one. But I'm saying this is from me because I wanted to point this out. It's like even I'll draw a line in the sand and say stop. Like I might consider him at the end of the fifth round. But to go back to that draft, I keep referencing the St. Jude one that I did. He went in the fourth round. I'm not doing Jahan Dodson in the fourth round. Like, I love Jahan Dodson. I think there's a world where he does finish as a wide receiver one. But am I going to pay near premium price where there's zero return on value unless he is something otherworldly this year? That's that's the problem. So in the sixth, absolutely. Maybe the 60th pick, the last pick of the fifth round, or 59th. That's okay. But this, this is where it's gone too far. So sixth is good. I'm good in the sixth. And that's why I said in my perfect draft, he is still there in the sixth and not drafting with Scott Fish, taking him in the fourth round. Sorry, Scott Fish. We love you, but you're the one who did it. It's just like, I'm not doing that. That's you've ruined it at this point. What we talked about all the time. It's like how much more value on top of where you've taken him. Do you have to acquire to justify it? Like the floor is floor is not super huge for a guy like Jahan Dotson, uh, but also at the when you're taking him in the fourth, you've kind of chopped off the ceiling and how much how much room you have to grow in there. So right. my guys between the sixth and the seventh, I uh, actually flip this up a little bit because a perfect scenario is not having to screw up tight end like I do all the time and being able to get <laughs> into this because I really do have a hard time because I don't want to pay high values for tight ends and I have I can't tell you the amount of drafts I have where it's like. I'm betting on Kincaid. I get Higby to balance myself out. Just did this in the pentathlon with the two tight ends. It was a two tight end premium, and we do not have the premium tight ends. So in a perfect scenario, I actually get one of these guys to follow me. I assume it's not going to be Kittle, but Darren Waller in the sixth is a definite go for me. Huge red zone option. 
easily can be the number one pass catch- catching option for this team moving forward. Health is always a little bit of a question, but getting Darren Waller would get me ecstatic. And I'm pairing him with this is another kind of like, oh, I'm really hoping to re- I'm reaching a little bit here because you want to talk about buzz on players. But James Cook, James Cook is the guy there. I trust that he's going to continue to be the guy there. I think he looks explosive in the passing game. You're going to get some of those goal line carries taken out. We just saw that in the last preseason game with the Harris, but I feel confident that we're going to get tons of touches and for a flex RB getting him in the seventh round is key for me. So in a perfect draft, I've got James cook in as my RB three. I've got a tight end and Darren Waller. That's my six to seven turn. And I'm feeling pretty happy, but Jake in the seventh round, you either want a 49er or you are hoping that one of those tight ends are also falling. So what, which one are you going to go with in your perfect scenario? In my perfect scenario? Uh, whew, I, I, then I have to go George Kittle. I like, I love Brandon. Ayuk here. I, I can't go wrong with these two picks. Yeah. I love Brandon. Ayuk to be here, but we're kind of constructing a perfect scenario. And the hate that George Kittle is getting, I, I don't really understand. Like, I still have him on the same tier as Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson. And, and everybody's just like, nah, but Brock Purdy loves some Debo Samuel. And Brock Purdy can't, look, nobody's saying he can continue the touchdown success. And everybody's like, well, the target share was all the way down at 15%. Like, okay, that's still 15% for a tight end. That's still 15% for George freaking Kittle. And if he is going to continue to be the main end zone and red zone target, again, I'm not expecting him to catch a touchdown every single game from Brock Purdy, but I think the hate's gone too far. So if I can get what I consider a locked-in tier two tight end all the way in the seventh round, which has happened, I've seen him go even further down than this. I've seen Fryermuth go in front of him. I'm going to take George Kittle in the seventh round because I feel like this is a Lamar Jackson pick. I would love to say Ayuk because, man, that's that's a great value too. But to get my tight end, like if I don't get Kittle here, I'll continue to wait. But if Kittle's there, like this is just absurd to me that he's and I would agree. Far. Like if, he, yeah. if it happened to me, I would I would do the same thing. Like my six round pick would be Kittle um, in that scenario as well. So Brandon, you're ending out the seventh, and then we'll do a little speed round on eight, nine, and ten. But you've got the kind of last ish pick in the seventh, and a near top one in the eighth. What are you doing? Yeah, well, you know, I had Steelers wide receiver written here, but. I'm on if I'm just being honest, and if this is a draft and the way it lays out here, I think Khalil Herbert, who the numbers work out that he would be available here based on ADP, and he's just another guy. And we've talked about him a lot, and, and I've read a lot of Jake's, you know, basically ticks on him of late. He's really kind of just emerging as if it's a committee, he's the clear head of the committee, and it may not even be much of a committee. And, um, you know, with so many of the dual threat quarterbacks that create space. Um, it's just a great opportunity. And we've seen him put up great numbers when David Montgomery has been out. We all love Alexander Madison now because we've seen him put up great numbers with Dalvin Cook out. Well, kind of the same situation here. Khalil Herbert should just be plug and play as the, as the lead guy there. And to get a running back that conceivably could be your RB2 this late in the draft, um, I think is just too good of a value to pass up. I think the team I'm constructing probably needs a receiver here. But screw it. Give me another running back because the value well, is Well, and you're going to have a high pick coming back. This is your RB3. This is good. So, actually, why don't you finish us off with your final three picks, and then Jake will do the same, and then I will. You've got okay. a high pick in the eighth, a low pick in the ninth, and then a high pick in the tenth. So you just took your running back, your third running back. You were mentioning wide receivers. So high eight, low nine, high ten. Yeah, you know, I'll say Deontay Johnson because Jake is going to maybe go with the other Steeler there. <laughs> but I need a receiver and 147 targets and 80-some catches, and Kenny Pickett's looking better. 
and yeah, he had the zero touchdowns, but those are fickle. He could easily have four or five, and if you get the same numbers and give him four, five, six touchdowns, it's a whole different you know tier of wide receiver that he is. We know he can be one of the better uh, go-to receivers in the league. So take a take a rebound season from Deontay Johnson here. I'm going to need a tight end. Evan Ingram was originally my guy in this round. Let's just say it's a super perfect draft, and I uh, get Evan Ingram in the next round. It's not Evan Ingram, maybe it's David and Joku. I like them both uh, well as like if I skip out on tight ends early on. Uh, but I really getting a lot of Evan Ingram, and, and I'm fine with that as like the eighth receiver off or tight end up the board. I think there's a bit of a tier after that. So getting in Joku would be a little bit of a come down for me. And then Juju Smith Schuster, my last guy. People kind of writing him off going to New England, but he's kind of set up to be the man there. And I think he really fits. Mac Jones's style. He's a short area receiver. I think he can catch a ton of balls. I mean, he's basically Jacoby Myers now. And Jacoby Myers <laughs> put up a lot more value than round 10 pick right here last year. Uh, you know, you could get 90 catches out of Juju Smith Schuster uh, in this offense with Mac Jones. So why not roll the dice? The guy's not old. He's still in his prime. So give me Juju in the 10th round. If they throw 90 times, you can get it. Absolutely. I'm, I like Juju. I like Juju a lot there. So we're going 10 rounds here, not doing like a full 18 or anything like that. So, Jake, you have got your your middle across the board, 8, 9, and 10 as you're going to finish this bad boy off. Yeah, so I have some flexibility. So if I'm looking at a perfect draft and trying to think through my mind since I went with Kittle in round 7 and not the wide receiver, uh, and especially because I have Jahan Dotson, I'll, I'll lean away from Antonio Gibson in this situation. I kind of put him there depending on where our talks went. So instead, I will take George Pickens, which I'm still out on Kenny Pickett as a franchise quarterback, and I'm definitely out on him as a fantasy quarterback because they don't need him. They don't need him to throw 300 yards. They don't need him to throw two, three touchdowns a week. But what the one thing I do like from what we've seen is the improvement from Pickett makes me feel better about Pickens and Deontay Johnson. And I hate to do this to my Deontay Bay, as people know, since he's been drafted. But I think Pickens has the higher upside at this point. I do think he has the higher ceiling as a wide receiver. So I would take Pickens in the eight if he's still there. And round nine, I was originally going to say Gabe Davis, just because I feel like last year's hate because everybody's like, oh, top 20 wide receiver. And then he wasn't. He was better than people realized. It was just way too much hype that he got last year. But Again, to go back to health, I'm, I'm playing the 2019-20 team or something like that. If Michael Thomas is there in the ninth round, I'm going to take the chance on Michael Thomas in the ninth round. He just stays healthy. With Derek Carr, yeah, we all love Chris Olave, but there's going to be more value with, with Derek Carr than just Chris Olave. So Michael Thomas is, is his foot. If anything is healthy, I compared him to this on the All In Football podcast. I was trying to remember. I was like, who's the receiver that was great for years, kind of disappeared for two, maybe three, and then he came back and like really surprised. It was Larry Fitzgerald. I think Michael mm. Thomas could be Larry Fitzgerald and that like, you know what? There's something left, especially if they turn him into the slant god, which is not what he really is. But now they can turn him into that, which is kind of what Larry Fitzgerald did at the end of his career. So I'm kind of hoping for that. I'm hoping for a Larry Fitzgerald resurgence for Michael Thomas. And then because of that, I can take a running back around 10 and I'll take Funston's boy. We've talked him up so much on this podcast. He's been proved to be the, you know, a very good pick for the Seahawks this preseason while Ken Walker's been sidelined. And yet he's still sitting there. And the ninth and tenth and eleventh round in some drafts, and I just don't get this one. Like Charbonnet should be way earlier than this. Charbonnet, for all intents and purposes, in my opinion, feels like a seventh rounder pick. And the fact that he could be Javante Williams when he played with Melvin Gordon as a rookie, which by the way was a top twenty-five running back. 
So there's your upside, even if Ken Walker stays healthy the entire year. So I think Charbonnet in the 10th is a, another smash. That's I love it. I, and I was trying to see even on the consensus ADP, maybe I he's missed still down it. there. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, uh, yeah he's at, get him there. He's like one eleven, one eleven. He's outside the top one hundred in consensus ADP right now. So uh, there's a really good no value sense. there. Um, I'll just end out real quick. My picks. I love taking high. Once I have my like lockdown starters, I love taking high upside wide receivers. So Jordan Addison in the eighth round where I had Dotson um, high up. Uh, Dotson is much more trustworthy, but like Jake said, you know what? He is pushing up really high, but Addison, I think is just kind of stabilizing. Obviously the KJ Osborne's there, but I think a couple weeks in Addison can easily jump into what old school Thielen was. I think a big breakout play wide receiver. I'd pair him in the ninth with a sky Moore. I love Sky Moore in the Kansas City offense. I want to take the bet that he becomes the number one. And I haven't taken a quarterback, so I'd end that out with Anthony Richardson. Taking the upside on Richardson, and I would pair him with a Tua or a Rodgers, anything we've talked about in this. This would be this. I don't know if he would last to this level, but it's a perfect scenario of where I would take a late quarterback. It would be Richardson. If it wasn't, I would go Tua. And that's how a perfect draft would look for mine. So my perfect draft, I went McCaffrey, Jalen Waddell, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Drake London, Darren Waller, James Cook, Jordan Addison, Sky Moore, and Anthony Richardson. Brandon, what was that perfect team again? Do you want to rattle through it? Oh, sure. Uh, let's go here. <laughs> uh, Nick Chubb in round one, CD Lamb uh, in round two, double up receiver in round. Uh, wait, nope. Uh, what did they? Oh, I went Josh Allen in round three. <laughs> Lucky to get him at the end of round three. Then Amari Cooper round four. DeAndre Hopkins in round five, uh, Rashad White in round six, and another running back that we like, Khalil Herbert in round seven, then Deontay Johnson, Evan Ingram, and Juju Smith-Schuster to close it out. And then finally, the Jake Seeley perfect team was? (laughs) It was Cooper Cup in the middle of round one, Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, Calvin Ridley, Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Jahan Dotson with Kittle at tight end, Pickens, Michael Thomas, let's do it again. Let's uh, resurge that career. And Charbonnet, like, pour your glass of Charbonnet. It's a, <laughs> it's it's very fun doing these two because like I can see the total Jakeness in your team. Like we can see the everything we've talked about. You know, we've been people have been hanging out with us talking about all the prep. They've been reading the articles in the Athletic. You can just see like Brandon's team. You can see Jake's team. If you've paid attention to anything I've said, you can kind of see the construction and you see it in the perfect execution when we build these perfect teams. You can build your perfect team if you got Jake's rank. So go over to The Athletic, a dollar a month. You can sign up today, get locked in, and Jake will take you through the entire season as well. You can check out the article. Brandon will edit that bad boy, and you will get it right, setting you up for each week. You got waivers early in the week. You got ranks later, and you'll have this podcast as well. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Go get a subscription over The Athletic, and follow Jake on Twitter, All in Kid, Brandon Funston for Brandon. Is it the Welsh for myself? That is it, friends. Good luck in your drafts this weekend. I hope you guys dominate them. We'll be talking to you next week, and we will be getting prepped into week one, finally, for the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Welsh. Talk to you next time. Peace. Peace.